pastors, uh, and Mark is about to join me, Mark's one of the other pastors. Um, as you know, this evening we're doing something a little bit different, and we're going to be talking about a cult uh, called Shincheonji. Uh, you may notice I am from the East, I'm from South Korea. Um, a few years ago, I was visiting my, some of my family members in, on that side, yeah, yeah, if that's all good, we can have that in the middle. Yeah, good for the live stream. Hi, everyone watching online. Uh, so I was visiting my uh, family in Korea, um, and my uncle on, uh, yeah, my only uncle on my mum's side, uh, he's a pastor of a church there, and um, we, we rolled up at his church, and he was showing us around, um, and I noticed a sign on the door of his church, and uh, this is at the front doors of his church, and it said, in Korean, but something along the lines of, everyone is welcome to come worship here, unless you are with Shincheonji. So it's a, it's a, particularly in Korea, it's a very well-known cult, a very nefarious and dangerous cult, um, and, and they've increased. It seems like they've increased their activity around um, the North Shore. And actually, I was even talking to a couple of pastors from out west, and both said, yeah, their churches were hit, have been hit in recent times as well. So, yeah, yeah, it's an important thing we want to talk about. And actually, not to, like, scare anyone, but we have reason to believe that even uh, the service last week, uh, the evening service, um, someone was suspiciously approached. So... Like, it's around. It's happening. So we, we need to talk about it. Um, we need to figure out how we can, uh, I guess, equip ourselves to deal with it. And, yeah, hopefully we, we shed a bit of light on it and expose it a little bit um, so that, I don't know, Shinchonji people, if you're watching, um, yeah, you can go away. Anyway, um, Mark, do you want to, yeah, jump into just a little bit about, yeah, cults and what they are and whatnot and stuff like that? Yeah, great. Before we, hey, it's welcome. It's great to be here with you all. Uh, for you, those of you who don't know me, my name's Mark, and introduce me, I'm one of the other pastors here at North Cross, so, well, welcome, it's great to have you here. Um, yeah, before I get into it, I just want to tell a quick story. Uh, we, at our house, we have three children, my wife and I, uh, Ben, who's seven, Jack, who is five, uh, and Zoe, who's two and a half, and we got to that stage of life where they're wanting pets, uh, but we're, we're still struggling to sleep, so we're like, hey, you can get some goldfish. I'm like, great. So we went and bought some goldfish. Thank you to the Broadbents for their tank. We've got a fish tank. It's great because if they die in a week, you don't want to spend 200 bucks on a tank. So we borrowed a, a tank and we let our kids name their goldfish. And you can tell a lot about a person by the way they name their pet. Like, do you guys have pets? There's a few laughs out there. You, you, you know what I'm talking about, eh? So we said to our kids, hey, you can name your goldfish. Um, Zoe, our youngest, who's two and a half, she said, what do you want to name your goldfish? She said, cookie. Yeah. Um, so we called him fish Yep, yep. Uh, Jack, um, his had a spike on it, so he named it Spike. Uh, and Ben spent $15, $3 for five fish. Three, no, 15 $3 each. Uh, and he's more the creative one, so he named them Witty, Itty, Bitty, Litty, and Titty. So um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know like, yeah, you know. The bad thing about pets and being a parent, though, is that you end up taking care of them, eh? So, you know. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so this is a real big topic. Um, um, yeah, like Han, over, over the past year, have kind of come across more and more people, not tons, but a few more people who have been involved in the cult or, um, yeah, uh, uh, and, and friends of friends and things like that. And I guess the scary thing about cults, uh, and I'm going to put it down to, I'm going to start at my end now, 
Um, but I want to let you know, like, why does it matter? Like, why does it matter about cults? And so I've split it just into three brief headings. Um, the first one is doctrinal, the second is cultural, uh, and the third is kind of like a social or kind of like a personal kind of element. Um, and so I want to just go through these real quick before I talk about the characteristics of them, just so it makes sense. Uh, the first off, like, why does it matter about cults? Like, like, like why does it matter um, that we call them a cult or even identify a particular, a particular group as a cult? Uh, and I, th- I think primarily uh, is because cults kind of come from the core kind of like larger religious systems, kind of like Christianity, Buddhism, Hinduism, and things like that. But for Christianity, what they're really doing, and this is why it matters as a doctrinal thing or as a belief system, is because, yeah, fundamentally, they are deceiving and taking people away from receiving salvation is the biggest thing. You know, if you're following or if someone's following a cult, they've been taken away from Jesus Christ and the gospel, and ultimately they're losing salvation, or they're not losing, they are not getting salvation. Um, That is the ultimate reason why, is because Jesus has come, he's proclaimed who he is, his followers did, he's proclaimed what salvation is, and cults are coming along and twisting those core doctrines or those core truths or beliefs about what Christianity is um, into something else. And so, and, and so whoever's following a cult or a part of that is actually believing things that aren't really Christianity. They're not really Jesus. Um, and I guess that's the scary thing about a cult is because a cult f- can feel like Christianity. It can feel like it's, um, it's, it's a part of following Christ because they may use some of the same source material like the Bible. Um, they may use some of the same people and words. Uh, but ultimately, they're distorting the core elements of the gospel uh, and, and the very person of God. Um, and so, yeah, it matters. Cults matter, and this particular cult matters is because they're deceiving people from Christianity. And actually, in Second Corinthians chapter 11, this is what, what it says. It says, For such people are false apostles. They are deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ's. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades, masquerades as an angel of light. It's not surprising then if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. Their end will be what their actions deserve. Or Matthew 7, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. Or finally, Matthew 24, at that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Messiah, or there he is, do not believe it. For false messiahs, false prophets will appear, perform signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you ahead of time, so if anyone tells you, there he is, out in the wilderness, do not go out. Or here he is in the, in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as lightning comes from the east, for, for as lightning that comes from the east is visible, even in the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be." And that particular passage is actually really, really interesting because, say, uh, I can't pronounce this particular cult's name, I keep getting it wrong, but one of the beliefs that they have is is that Lee Man, he is actually the second coming of Christ. Um, Or he's he's a man who has that same spirit that Christ was given in that same way. But even in Matthew, we're we're, we're told when when Christ returns in that second time, everyone everywhere is going to see him just as the lightning in the east is seen in the west, so everyone will see this, the second coming 
um, of Jesus. Um, so that's a really important one. Yeah, so what cults do, um, they twist the core doctrines of Christianity. Uh, and so some of those are that Jesus is the Son of God and, uh, uh, and He's also equal with God. He lived a perfect, sinless life. He was crucified to pay for the penalty of our sins, that He rose from the dead, or that we are saved by the grace of God through faith. Um, and there's nothing that we can do good or bad, to take away, and if you were here this morning for this morning's sermon, there's nothing you can do to take away from what Christ has done because it's finished. It's complete. Um, And so, you know, with with cults, those will be some of the core beliefs that they are actually trying to attack and to deceive and they'll twist. Um, uh, And so, yeah, like, so for this particular cult, what they will do is they will say, yeah, we're monotheistic, we believe in God, but we don't actually necessarily believe that Jesus is God. He carried the Spirit of God in the same way that Lee Man, he carries him, right? You know, but he's not really God in the same way that the Father is God. Or they'll say, the Spirit isn't a person, so they don't actually believe in the Trinity, but they'll believe, they believe in the Holy Spirit, but he's not a person, you know? And so they twist all these core kind of beliefs about what Christianity... Sorry. Is the is the founder of the cult? We'll get there. Second, uh, the cultural. Uh, so this is a a, a a good verse for this. It says uh, from Matthew twenty four. Jesus said to the crowd and to his disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy cunt cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Uh, And so with a cult culturally, really what they do is it often will center around one main kind of like main leader uh, and it's submission to that person rather than to Christ. Um, There's a sense of kind of excessive control um, or submission or submission uh, and legality where it's almost fear-inducing and it drives through anxiety where if you don't follow and submit to this particular person, like you may end up losing your salvation. Um, and, and that's opposed to Christianity, I guess, where the essence of Christian theology is really grace and the essence of our change or our Christian ethic or the reason that we live a moral life or try to is actually from a heart of gratitude and of love because Christ has loved us, we are able to love him back, and we want to follow him out of love, not because we're afraid that he's going to leave us. Um, This main leader will often, so for any sort of cult, the main leader will often be self-appointed. There'll be an authoritarian structure to it. Uh, They often claim like, like they have the right and only true interpretation of the Bible, um, that, that you must believe what the particular leader believes to, 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 to maintain salvation. It's very heavily works-oriented. Um, and so, and this is another big thing I've found with people who are being, have been a part of cults, is often their relationship with God is more ritualized than it is personal. And so often they'll live, it'll be a real imbalance where they live a lot of their life or a lot of their relationship with God. They feel good with Him um, when they are doing all the right things. But there's a a very like impersonal 
kind of like connection that they have with him. And I found actually just praying with people um, who have been a part of cults and making it personal, like God is here and you are with us and you care about me and I'm actually able to talk to you. Uh, almost like the, if you've read in the New Testament, how the veil is torn and we now need no mediator between us and God. We can be close with God. Like that's actually missing in a lot of cult kind of activity. Uh, I guess the last one is just the social sense. Uh, with this, uh, markers of a cult, so a way to kind of identify a cult uh, is often through loss of relationships, resources, money, and time, loss of identity, um, also the level of harm that's done. Um, so that might be taking um, yeah, all these things uh, through isolation, um, yeah, finances, um, but also like the disconnection that kind of happens through um, the deception. So let me say it again. One of the things you'll find about cults is that they're highly deceptive. Uh, and so they'll come into a community and they won't share all of who they are, or especially not the main beliefs right up front. Um, you actually find out more and more as you get involved. Um, and uh, I, I know with this particular cult, uh, a few people, it's not until like the sixth or the twelfth or the twentieth study that you're a part of that you actually end up finding about who their leader is or what they believe in terms of salvation. Um, it's isolating, cults are often isolating because they'll encourage and oftentimes pressure people to discontinue contact with family and friends and churches, um, anyone who may make you curious or ask questions um, or be critical about what they believe. Um, yeah, so, you know, for cults, I'd say warning signs or markers would come under those three things. First, they don't believe in the core beliefs of Christianity. Second, it's often going to be around a, a one main appointed leader who often claims some sort of like special knowledge or um, the only interpretative authority when it comes to the Bible. Uh, and thirdly is that, you know, I guess the isolation uh, and the deception is that they're really trying to take you away um, and make you vulnerable or look for vulnerable people to become a part of their community. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Um, so, if you, Samuel, if you can just jump to the next slide, please. That's that's basic outline of where we're going. We've, we've hit that first one. Um, in between the kind of informational, we're in the informational part of it at the moment, um, we're going to get to a practical part of the second half. Um, we're going to break that up so that um, with a yeah, time to get up out of your seat and say hello and stuff, just to, so that we're not sitting for too long, but also, um, yeah, um, yeah, when you talk about things like cults and, you know, whatnot, it's like real heavy and you're like, feel real bummed out, but um, hopefully we can, you know, bring a bit of levity to the situation as well. So that's where we're going. We've, we've kind of talked about, um, yeah, what do we mean by cult? We're going to talk about what Shincheonji specifically believe. Um, I, so, it, it, it's really weird. It gets really weird. And I actually even considered uh, not sharing this till the end because um, if you hear what they believe, you just go, oh, like, how on earth can anyone believe that? It just sounds so stupid, Right? Um, but that's, as Mark has mentioned, that's, that's not how it goes. There's all this uh, grooming that goes on beforehand um, to set you up to believe these kind of things. So a as you're hearing it, um, you might know people who have fallen into this cult or w whatever. Um, We've got to get away from the thinking of like, oh, you know, like Mr. Water, so stupid for having believed that stuff. Because uh, it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not that simple. Anyway, Shincheonji, uh, it, it means new heaven and new earth. Um, it's, yeah. 
from Korean. It was started by Lee Man-hee back in the 80s uh, in, in South Korea, unfortunately. Um, and basically, they, they say that as Jesus came to fulfill the Old Testament, uh, Lee Man-hee, um, because he has the Spirit of Christ, he, he's the one that's going to fulfill the New Testament. Um, and he is the promised counselor that Jesus said in, in John 14. Uh, Lee Man-hee is the promised counselor that we read about in the New Testament. So that means he is the sole interpreter and revealer of Scripture. And every other pastor, and I can see some in the room this evening, um, he, he says every other pastors are, are, are Satan's pastors and their churches are Babylon. So um, I, I've had a lot of bad things said about me in my life. I don't think anyone's ever called me Satan's pastors, but um, there you go, there's a new one. And he claims that an angel showed him the events of Revelation uh, and so only the Father, the Son, and Lee Man He know how to interpret Revelation and what the, um, what's going to happen, the, the actual events of Revelation, the true meaning of the book of Revelation, which is kind of stupid because it's like, well, what about the angel that showed you? Does, do they not know? But anyway, uh, there's a big emphasis on Revelation. There's a big emphasis on um, a really bad interpretation of parables, and that happens if... Um, there's a thing called hermeneutics, and hermeneutics is basically uh, how, we, how we read and interpret and understand anything, but in this case, Scripture. Um, there are rules to hermeneutics. You can't just, um, I've used this example before. Hey, anyone um, taken English in high school? Yeah, put your hand up. So anyone that's been in an English class will like read a novel, right, and the teacher will be like, oh, um, the, the main character was wearing a blue t-shirt, and that must mean that they were really sad in that situation. And, blah, and you're like, no, you're making up the rules here. Like, just, he likes blue T-shirts, you know? Um, so sometimes people can make up their own interpretive rules and decide this means that and blah, blah, blah. Well, <laughs> and yeah, uh, this means, my kids over there. Um, this means that if, because he's the sole interpreter and revealer of Scripture, he can make up the rules and say, oh, okay, when the parables say A, B, and C, it actually means X, Y, Z. Right, And so it, it, it really gets messed up. And if you don't accept his teaching, uh, you cannot be saved. I, I thought of sharing all the like, literal quotes and stuff, but um, we'll just be here all night. Um, but he says, if you don't accept his teaching, you cannot be saved. Um, he, there's claims that he won't die because the, the spirit of Jesus is united with his flesh. Uh, he, so he's immortal. And as Marcus said, they, they deny the Trinity. They deny the Trinity. So that's the kind of general, um, as, as it relates to Jesus and salvation, um, they say that Jesus only became God at his baptism, and he didn't exist before his birth, which, you know, John chapter 1, Philippians chapter 2, John chapter 8, Colossians, like all these, they, they tell us um, that Jesus didn't start existing once, once he was born. He's, he's eternal. They say you must be part of a Shinchanji church, um, because all other churches are Babylon, we're corrupt, we're Satan's pastors, and, and you must receive Lee's teaching to be freed from sins and to, res, to receive, and receive his revelation in order to know Jesus and attain eternal life. So, it's, it's pretty whack. You, it's basically like, he's your savior, not, not Jesus. Uh, one of the other things that they say regarding uh, salvation is that you have to bear fruit now, we've got to be careful with that because that's biblical language, right? Um, Christians will bear fruit. But when we talk about biblical Christianity, talking about bearing fruit is like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, etc. Uh, bearing fruit in this church 
means you have to go out and recruit members. So if you don't recruit members, then you're not bearing fruit, and therefore you lose salvation. So uh, they teach that you need to do works. You need to do, and if you were here this morning, and if you were here last evening, salvation is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. It's not works. It's not trusting in Lee Man He. It's, it's Christ alone. And, you know, so much more could be said, um, but I want to focus on their tactics a, a bit more because uh, all this weird stuff, all the stuff that we've heard that makes you go, oh, that's a bit dumb, uh, that doesn't come till later on, right? So, so we want to we look at kind of the, the grooming, the manipulation that takes place. Um, so like, what are their tactics? Now, their mission field are churches. Why? Because Satan's pastors, Babylon, blah, blah, blah. We're all corrupt churches here. So the churches, and, and from their perspective, so-called Christians, are, are their targets. So I was, um, I, by the way, in preparation for this, I've spoken to Shinchonji, ex-Shinchonji people from, um, from Melbourne, from South Africa, from Seattle, where's Tori at? Seattle, um, New Zealand. So I've, I've done... I've done a lot of talking with different people, and, and basically, yeah, all these tactics, um, it might not be exactly what one specific person is doing, but it's a, it's a collection of, like, this is their general tactics. This is the stories I've heard over and over again. So they, they, they target churches. Just um, before you do, too, I'd say the other thing about why, why they target churches is because we're vulnerable. You've got to think who we are is that we're spiritual people. You know, and so we're actually vulnerable for them coming here because we actually already kind of like on the surface seemingly are kind of aligned or kind of have some of those same categories um, that, that they are twisting, but it makes us vulnerable. It's a lot harder for them to go out into the streets to whoever it might be that might not be spiritual. You come to a church, yeah, and I think that's something that we need to be wary of, eh, is that like we're actually a, a, a mission field for them because we have vulnerabilities to spiritual language and to biblical um, um, ideas, right? Yeah, for sure, like totally. So, um, yep, they target churches. So that's why it's really important for us to, to talk about this at church. So um, what I want to do is I want to do kind of a walkthrough of, of their recruitment 101. Um, again, this might not be the exact scenario, but it's, this is the general, general plan. Um, and you'll see it's quite, it's very... Um, it's, it's really bad. It's really bad. And actually, um, the, the, the guy I was talking to in South Africa, he was saying that when Shinchonji was first getting in there, um, they were trying to evangelize and recruit people, and he said it was going really badly. And there was only like 50 people in, in Durban or Joburg or wherever it was. Um, but then once, once they built up enough people to start using these like, grooming and, and manipulation tactics, that's when it started booming. So, like, you can see, like, their tactics are, are really dirty and very specific, and they know what they're doing. So, um, for the purposes of this illustration, let's say that I'm, I'm a Shinchanji member, right, and I've come to North Cross Church this evening, um, and I've scoped out this guy over here. Oh, hey, nice to meet you. Um, my name's Han. Oh, Mark, okay, nice to meet you. And then I find out, oh, this is Mark's first time too. So he's sitting on his own. He looks like he doesn't know anyone. So I, I hit him up. We start chatting. And I find out, oh, okay, Mark is um, just moved over from... <laughs> Melbourne. 
from Melbourne. Okay, he's just moved over from Melbourne, so um, I'm going to lie and say, oh, I've just moved up from Nelson. Like, oh, cool, you were both, you know, here for the first time in Auckland. Um, and so we start building a friendship, like, based on that and start to kind of build a rapport and then say, hey, man, I'm going to, like, go study the Bible. Do you want to hang out and get Starbucks and, you know, and do all that stuff? And so, like, to build a friendship. And eventually, I'm building this friendship so that I can introduce Mark to uh, another Shinchanji teacher. Um, Mr. Ward, can you just stand up for a second, please? Um, he is a teacher, not a Shinchanji one. <laughs> I, yeah. So, um, so like, um, I, I'm hanging out with Mark, and, and I want to introduce him to my teacher, Mr. Ward. You know? So I'm, I'm gearing my conversations to try to introduce here like this. And they call this, um, a, thank you, Mr. Ward, you can sit down. And they, they call this a sprout. They're looking for the sprout in your life. And what that is, is either that's something that really dominates Mark's life, or maybe it's some kind of trauma that, um, really, um, that he has to deal with, or it's something that really informs his life. And so I'm using that sprout as a reason to bring in this teacher, this life coach, into his life. So I, I find out, oh, you know, um, Mark's dealing with, uh, I don't know, the loss of his mother or something. And I say, oh, you know, there's a like perfect person that I want to introduce you to, like really good Christian guy, and, and he's, you know, dealt with this kind of stuff. And, and so trying to get this relationship going. And I'm instructed to just like big up whatever Mr. Ward says so that it, it, it creates a really mean vibe. And what's happening at the same time is as my friendship with Mark builds, I'm feeding information. I'm feeding information to Mr. Ward. Hey, um, so he's been going through this lately, so you can you know, talk about that. To make it look like at our next Bible study, uh, Mr. Ward opens up the Bible and says, oh, we're going to be talking about X, Y, Z. And Mark's going, oh, my goodness, that's what I'm going through in my life. This is like such a God thing that God has brought Mr. Ward into my life for, for such a time as this. You know, and it's stuff like that. And eventually, what we're trying to do from there is we're trying to move Mark from just hanging out and learning from this little circle to, um, to a class. Hey, front row, can you stand up, please? So, like, this, this is a, a separate, uh, and it's, it's the next class. So, we're trying to get him to Mr. Ward and then to this class over here. Now, this class here is, is, is a Bible study, and, and it looks... And it looks Innocent, like we're studying the Bible together, Christians studying the Bible together, how cool is that? But what's actually going on is there are people called maintainers. Now, what a maintainer does is, um, can you three on that side sit down, please? So that's the class, and they all look like they're, they're all starting this new course together, but actually, uh, these three are a part of Shinchunji, and they're acting like they're in the class for the first time. They're acting like they don't know anything about this. And they're instructed to, to like agree with the teacher, to create an awesome vibe, and ask questions, make it really fun and dynamic, so that Mark is sitting here going, man, I've just found this wonderful group of Christians who love the Bible, and it's such a dynamic environment. You guys can sit down. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, you know, it's an awesome environment, and, and he gets pumped in, and... and and because there's so many people that are just agreeing with what's, what's going on up here, um, there's actually a lot of social dynamics at play, right? So these maintainers are there in order to create some sort, some sort of group conformity. So Mark um, wants to fit in, whether consciously or subconsciously. 
So his, his brain is being influenced to like, yeah, go along with this because that's what everyone else is doing. He wants validation, right? Human beings, we want to be validated by our peers. So if all these people are going, oh, yeah, yeah, this stuff is awesome. Let's go. That's awesome. Um, he doesn't want to be the guy that's like, no, nah, you're wrong. That's stupid. I disagree. Um, you know, some people might. But generally speaking, we, we, we want validation. And there's, there's an emotional influence taking place here, right? It's, being manip it's manipulation. They're, they're creating a situation, a fake situation, in which Mark's emotions are being kind of pulled towards, oh, this is awesome. You know, this is, this, this is a great thing to be part of. And so you, you couple that with the fact there's all this grooming going on before and with a fake friendship, and um, it's all kind of building to this point where the, the, they often say, um, yeah, the South African told me, like, they always say, think for yourself, make up your own mind, make up your own mind, while creating an environment we actually can't really think for yourself, or it's really hard to think for yourself, because you've, you've just been so, so influenced and, and like, s groomed to that situation. Um, are, you, are you guys familiar with uh, Solomon? I almost said Arthur Ashe. He's a tennis player, and he has nothing to do with this, I, I think, and I hope. Uh, Solomon Ashe, I think it was in the 1950s, um, did an experiment, and I'll just give you the short version. Um, basically, he got people into a room. Um, I think he got eight people into a room and gave them like two pieces of paper and said, and one had a, this one had a line and this one had three lines, A, B, and C. And there was a shorter line, a line that's the same length as this one, and a longer line. And the, the, the experiment was, hey, which one, is it A, B, or C that, that it matches up with? Well, basically, the experiment was that seven of the eight people were, were fake. They were planted, they're actors, and they're told, you have to answer C, even though, the answer is, even though the answer is B, right? So they did that over and over and over. They did, oh, it was, did like 15 rounds of it 12 times or something. I don't know. They did it a lot. And what they found was not that, although um, not everyone was influenced, almost 40% of the time, um, the person that the experiment was being done on, uh, even though they could see that, like, clearly C is not the answer, B is the right answer, even though it's that obvious, almost 40% of the time, they were influenced. And sometimes in the interviews, they said they were influenced, even though oh, I knew it was wrong, but I was going along with the crowd. Or even the ones that answered correctly said they felt a strong desire to answer incorrectly just with the rest of the crowd. So it just goes to show, like, we human beings, uh, we are very influenced by the, the people around us. And, like, the kind of, if, if the thoughts and emotions and feelings of a group are going in a certain way, um, we're very susceptible to it. Um, so that, that's kind of, and then after they do that, they have separate classes, and then um, eventually you go to, yeah, once you go through it for ages, you go to South Korea to, to graduate. Um, yeah, so you can see these, like, these nefarious tactics that, that they employ, and there's just a lot of lying and a lot of, um, actually, um, yeah, even, even the recent one I heard of like um, friends just being like friends that got invited to the, the studies by, by one of their friends and the friend lied to them saying, yeah, this is my first time. Um, and that's just causing a lot of problems between the friends because like, can you imagine if, if your friend just lied to you, point blank lied to you, yeah, you'd be pretty upset, right? So it's, uh, man, it's, it's like dirty tactics. And, and they tell you, often to lie, and they call this the wisdom of lying. Um, basically, their view is this. Um, to us, if, if, if I said to you, hey, can you just lie about this? You'd be like, oh, that's a bit sus. 
But the reason uh, it works in their, in their worldview is because it's kind of like, okay, from our point of view, yeah, it's, it's, it's a sin. It's bad. Lying's bad. But from God's point of view, like, this is to get them saved. So the ends justify the mean. So, you, like, you can lie, and it's okay. And also, sometimes we need to lie in the early stages so as not to give Satan a chance to come in and mess this up, you know? So it's, it's, it's like real sus. And, and what, what the lying does, them for making you lie about it, what it's doing is it's isolating you. We've talked about that before. It's trying to get you away from people, from your friends and family, um, because when you're in something, it's hard to see the red flags, right? I'm sure anyone that's ever dated a, a bad boyfriend or girlfriend, like, you don't see it, and then you break up, and then you go, oh, okay, like, I should have seen all those red flags. When you're in it, it's hard to see. And so your family and friends can see it, because they're not in it, but they're trying to get you away from it, so that you can't see it. They tell you not to read about Shinchanji online, because it'll poison you, like, because there's all this bad press out there about them. Um, they say, oh, no, no, don't, don't, don't go reading about them, because reading about us, because, you know, that's, it's, um, it's Satan and it's persecution against us, so like, don't buy into that and it's just going to poison your mind. And, and there's a lot of group control by adding lots of rules, uh, which actually progressively start to change your identity. Right? You can imagine if you're forced to do something over and over and over and over, it's going to kind of shape your identity. Um, and, and finally, on this point, it's, um, they're very overbearing on your time. Uh, it starts with <laughs> one thing. <laughs> it's a Lincoln Park reference. It starts with like one meeting, and then it starts with one meeting, and then two meetings, and then three times a week, and then four times a week. Um, basically, just trying to get you away from your friends, and it 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 forms your life, so it's hard to break away from, right? And um, th- that's a big red flag because, um, and actually, one of the one of the people we've spoken to, um, that was that was what got him out of it, like. Oh, you're telling me to give up my sport to come to the Bible study? Like, man, I, like, I love the Bible, and I'll study the Bible all day, but if you told me, like, hey, you can't go to football this week because you've got to come to the Bible study, I'll say, no, nah, I'm quitting your Bible study, you know? So, like... That's called the cult of Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> Next week. Yeah. They're all laughing because they know it's true. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but at least I know I'm in it, you know. But anyway, so um, they're overbearing in that way, and it takes up all of your time. Um, and, and what that's doing, that's kind of enmeshing your life into the cult. So after six weeks, you actually realize you spent every single day of those six weeks with this cult, and like this has kind of become your new identity, you know, and it's harder, harder to split. We're going to um, go over the practical stuff. Next, um, so that's, that's how they operate. That's how they operate. Um, we're going to go over all the, the final three points. But what we're going to do... Um, Before you do, just one last thought. You know, as, as Han was, was, was sharing. <laughs> yeah, like, I think one of the points he made, which was around that deceit and that lying, is a really big thing because the Bible, I think, paints a very clear picture of who our God is. Uh, and who the God of, uh, and who the Father of evil is, the Father of lies, and I think this is the sort of thing that we find that carries through the very culture of this of of this cult. 
like there's hiddenness in, 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 in who they say that they are from the very beginning. It's not till later on through the studies that you, that you actually find out who they are. It's not till after a year or months of you being involved in there that, that, that they actually encourage you to actually start sharing with your family and friends that you're a part of it. They actually tell you not to tell them for up to about a, about a, a year. Um, there's lots of lies around it. They'll say they're part of a church and you say, hey, what church are you a part of? Oh, it's kind of like a house church. Oh, can I come along? Oh, not re- not, not yet, because we're partway through a series, right? You know, there's just lots of hiddenness and secrecy and lying that goes on. I think, like, if there isn't a warning flag, there are many, that would be one of them. And I think Christianity offers something very different, which is from the very beginning, we start and should be starting with the very core beliefs of who we are, who we follow, and, this, and where salvation comes from. Um, I don't think Jesus hid that um, in any... Yeah, and he made it very clear who he was and how salvation was meant to be found. Yeah, that. yeah, that, that's interesting, eh? Because they use that that idea about Jesus, you know, telling his disciples to keep it hush hush about him for a bit. Um, but keeping keeping it hush hush for a bit and is different to go lie, you know. So um, Jesus never said, "Yeah, go and lie to people." Anyway. Um, We're just going to take like a five-minute break. Um, Usually what we do in the evening service um, and actually in the morning service as well, we spend a bit of time for people to say hi, to to greet each other, because as always, church isn't about just what happens up here, but it's it's, it's all of us. So um, yeah, just yeah, spend the next five minutes hanging out. If you... um, if, you, if this is your, your home church and you feel comfortable, why not like come out of your seats and meet some people that you haven't before? And also, we have a, a meal together afterwards, and if you want to sign up for that, you can do that there and at the back. And the sooner you do that, the, the better it is for Dr. Sang in the kitchen, um, so she knows how much, to, like, how much food to make. So, yeah, let's just spend five minutes doing that, and then we'll call you back for the second half soon.
Hey, guys. All right, come back. Take a seat. Hey, if you, um, if you haven't signed up for... If you haven't signed up for dinner, but you're wanting to, you can do it on your phone right now, northcross.org.nz slash dinner. Easy peasy. Okay, well, uh, we're just going to run through a couple of uh, red flags to look out for. So uh, the first is an exclusive claim on truth. Um, and so a cult like Shimonji. No? I tried. Shinchonji. Shinchonji. <laughs> um, yeah, they'll have Maybe you can just call it New Heaven and New Earth yeah, Cult. New Heaven, New Earth Cult, yeah. We'll try that. Um, anyway, it's got an exclusive claim on truth. And so what they basically say is that to maintain your salvation, you have to be associated and linked in a part of their church. Um, they say that uh, like truth from any other church or any other group um, um, is, is basically false or um, yeah, it won't... Uh, uh, get you salvation. And so it's really important. One of the big red flags is, one, they have the exclusive claim on truth, but secondly, they're not really linked in or connected to or agree with core Christian doctrine. And so one thing you'll notice about North Cross uh, is that we're linked in and we have relationships with many other churches throughout New Zealand, um, and we actually are aligned on the core doctrines of Christianity. And so that would be a red flag, the first red, red flag. Yeah, yeah. And you, um, if you've been around North Cross for any length of time, you'll, you'll know that we have uh, preachers from other churches to come preach. Um, and, you know, most normal churches do that, right? Because it's not like North Cross has the exclusive, you know, hold on biblical truth. It's like, no, we, we invite our friends from, you know, Auckland EV and Curate and Calvary Chapel and, you know, I'm just going through some of the recent ones. Um, yeah, because yeah, we're, not, we're not the sole holders of truth. Um, another red flag to look out for, and this is, this is kind of a big one, and, and if you've experienced this cult, it's probably this. Um, Bible studies, or like Christian events, but particularly Bible studies that are not connected to a known church. Uh, church connection, uh, like if a Bible study or some event has some kind of affiliation to a, a known church, uh, means that there's accountability and there's nothing to hide, right? Because, um, you know, in theory, Mark and I can be like, sweet, we're going to start this thing, and we can do whatever we want. But if it's part of a church, if we're like, sweet, we're going to start this thing, and it's a bit sus, then the elders will be like, yo, what are you doing? That's weird. Don't do that. You know, so there's accountability. Um, and so if, if, you know, so okay, so using our church as an example, all our life groups and our Bible studies are on the website, are listed on the website, Monday night at 6 p.m. with Amory de Bruin, like, Time, place, leader, it's, it's, it's all there because there's nothing to hide, right? We're not going to tell you to go lie to your parents about it. It's, it. it's all there. So when things aren't linked to a local church, um, a known church, because you can be like, oh, but it's linked to Shinchanji Church. I guess it's known, but in a bad way. Um, yeah, just, just look out for that. that. That's a really big one. So if your friend invites you, then like, that's the question to ask. Oh, cool. Like, what is that linked to? Actually, actually, I was speaking to someone um, who, who has experience with um, Shincheonji and, and is out of it. Um, he, he was visiting at our church one time, and uh, one of the guys in our church invited him to a Bible study, and he, and he messaged me. And so he, I was, like, he did the right thing. He messaged me. He was like, yo, um, so-and-so invited me. Like, what's the deal with that? And um, it was, this guy was legit. So I was like, no, 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 it's all good. Like, he's legit. You don't need to worry about it. But... Um, him asking me, that was the right thing. 
You know, he's doing the right thing to check. Hey, is this legit? Is this connected to the church? Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah and the other thing too is that what you'll find on the internet um, throughout the world, especially the Western world, is hundreds of warnings about the church of the new heaven and new earth. Um, the warning, groups of churches, networks and denominations actually all warning against this particular cult and actually how deceptive they are. Um, so um, yeah, just another thing to sort of uh, think about. Um, so what if you've been contacted, targeted, uh, or you've been going along uh, to this particular cult? Uh, my recommendation or, or my advice would be to cut ties immediately. Um, tell them to stop contacting you. If they continue to contact you, uh, just ignore them or put a block on them if you're able to. Uh, I'd say um, look to, depending on how long you've been involved, uh, look to um, just support yourself in some sort of recovery um, uh, from that. Um, whether that's just being really self-compassionate and patient with yourself and knowing that we're actually all vulnerable to being influenced. We're all vulnerable to being led. Um, I mean, you walk through the mall. I mean, there's all sorts of psychological strategies going on, trying to influence you to buy things, right? Like, uh, I mean, we're, 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 we're people, and, and influence can be a good thing, but it can also be used um, for, for bad ends. And so I just say, like, be really patient and be compassionate to yourself in that, like, there's things are going on outside of you and people going, uh, thinking things and strategizing things outside of you, and they're looking for our vulnerabilities. Um, second, I'd just say get some good support. Um, that would probably begin by connecting with the church, a good pastor, a good spiritual leader that you trust, um, having a conversation with them. Like Han, I've had someone um, share with me that they'd been a part of this. Uh, this was about a year and a half or, or maybe two and a half years ago, and I said, hey, look, like, can I come along? Um, I'd love to, like, you, I'll just sit there and listen. I won't necessarily challenge. I'm just going to come with you and just see who they are and what they're up to because um, I'd asked what church they were or what they were connected with, and they said, oh, I can't share that or I don't know. And so um, I'd just say, yeah, connect with a good pastor, uh, with someone that you trust. Um, get them alongside of you as you process this. Uh, thirdly, yeah, recognize the importance of relationships. Uh, so this particular cult tries to isolate you from them. And even if your relationships aren't all Christian, hopefully if they're close and they're trusted ones, they're people that really care about you and they care about your welfare. Um, and even if they don't necessarily believe all the same spiritual things you do, they do care about you. And so I just say, yeah, like connect back in with your social relationships as best you can as, as time goes on. Um, 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 and you just be aware of, of, um, of the care that they can offer um, uh, 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 sorry, fourth uh, is set good boundaries. Um, so this could be, yeah, whether it's with the cult, so cutting ties, um, just having good boundaries in terms of the contact. Uh, like with this person that I walk through with, I just said to them, hey, look, like if, if they want to share information with you or meet with you again, just say that the only way you'll do that is if you can bring someone along with you. And so it's just knowing some good boundaries beforehand in terms of interacting with them. Um, reach out to others who have left. This can be a, a good one too. Just knowing that like you're not necessarily the only one out there and you're not who's been um, tricked or deceived into being a part of this cult. And it's not the only cult around either. Um, 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 uh, and so I'd just say like it can be really good just to walk alongside someone or meet with someone and have a conversation with them um, if they've been a part of it, just to hear about some of the same experiences um, uh, or, or, or some of the same difficulties and harm that they may have experienced. Uh, and last... Yeah, so, sorry to interrupt. Um, yeah, and we, like, in, in the church, uh, we know of the, 
of people who have been involved or have had family members who have been involved and how they walked alongside them and that. So, like, um, yeah, there are people. Um, you might not know who those people are, but if you came to me or Mark or, or Andrew, like, and you wanted support in that way, we'd be able to point you to people, yeah, they've walked through this, they had a brother-in-law or whatever, you know, that, um, who are able to help you in that way. So, yeah, I think that's, I think that's a really key point, um, yeah, reaching out to, to others. Yeah, yeah and last is, uh, if, 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 if you'd like, um, you can also get professional counselling. So there's actually a lot of counsellors. You can find them online or you can come talk to one of us as well. There's a lot of counsellors out there who actually os- offer specialised counselling, um, exiting cults and things like that. Um, because, you know, again, depending on how long or how deep you've been a part of a cult, um, they can have some pretty um, drastic, um, harmful effects on people um, and the relationships in their lives, whether that's psychological um, um, or, um, yeah, uh, depression and manipulation um, and, al- and also coming out of a cult. There can be all sorts of um, um, uh, emotional and relational experiences that we have to kind of process through and recover through. Uh, and so getting some professional help with that can be really effective or very helpful as well. Yeah, I was... Um, so there's a case in Australia where I was talking to, and they, and they um, just to back up that last point, they said um, they got recruited, they were in it for a while without, you know knowing, and then they found out, and they said it took them months of counseling um, to kind of, I don't know, shed or get rid of all the, the baggage that, it, that they've carried on with them because of it. So, like, yeah, the counseling they were saying was, was really helpful. Um, how can I invo- help someone who, who may be involved? Um, so, that, that's that last point there. I know someone who's been in, involved. So, um, some things, some things that we can do. First of all, if you... Um, <laughs> You know, you've just had a time to, to look around and meet each other, and you've met someone new, and you're like, oh, <laughs> they're a bit odd. Um, if you suspect someone, don't go around like, you know, hey, Joel, did you talk to that guy in the white T-shirt? You know, he's, I, yeah, he's a bit odd. I think he's in a cult. Like, don't go around doing that, right? That's, um, <laughs> we don't want to slander people and, and, and do all that kind of stuff. Um, if you, like, genuinely think, there is something suspicious or off, like, come talk to one of the pastors um, and, and let us investigate it. Like, let us deal with that burden. You don't need to be the one like, carrying that. Uh, also, one thing we need to do in our minds, and I kind of alluded to this before, is we need to remove any sort of stigma against people who, who have been involved. Uh, it's so easy for us to look down at anyone different in any way, actually, and be like, oh, that would never happen to me, or I'm to this, or I'm to that, or anything like that. Um, no, actually, everyone is, suscep- everyone is susceptible. Everyone are? But here's the thing, right, <laughs> with Shinchanji, they, like, target people who are, like, who they think are really keen and hungry for the Bible. So instead of, like, stigma towards people that have been pulled in, it should be more like stigma on you if you haven't been approached yet. Like, <laughs> they don't think you're keen for the Bible. So, um, no, no, I'm, I'm being stupid, but... Yeah, just the main thing is, uh, yeah, just removing that stigma from people and, and, and judging people because of their involvement. Um, also, uh, just before I hand over to Mark again, is like we need to guard, uh, just really be careful um, to guard ourselves against like intense stranger danger, right? We're not saying like now next week when we have a meet and greet, like don't just like stand, sit in your seat and be like, I'm not going to talk to anyone because they're all cultists or whatever. Don't do that. Don't do that. The, the, the Christian's heart um, should always be one of like 
love and hospitality towards people we don't know, towards the stranger, right? Uh, that's, that's what hospitality literally means, right? Like love for the stranger. So um, the, the default stance should be I'm going to be hospitable and loving to them, not our default stance cannot be they're in a cult, so I'm going to be careful, right? Do, do you, do you get, get see the distinction? Like if, it, if you, in your loving and hospitality towards them, find out they're in a cult, okay, different story. But we don't go in with that assumption. We've got to be hospitable always, right? That, that's um, one of the things, um, yeah, some of the things we need to be careful of, Mark. Yeah, um, and if you find out that you're a friend or someone that you know, a family member is involved, here's a, here's a couple of do's and don'ts. At, fir- at first, don't be like you're in a cult, um, especially this particular cult, um, because they will just come back with, well, that's persecution, right? You know, and so um, um, you're putting them on the, the defensive straight away, um, and also they're just going to use that as ammunition um, to kind of reinforce the, the beliefs that they've been brainwashed with. And so um, I'd just say, like, straight up, when you find that they're, they're involved, re- it's, re- it's, it's really important that you communicate care and caution uh, and things like that. Um, but you don't necessarily need to be like, hey, you're in a cult. Um, although at some point in the near future, that's probably a good thing just to let them be aware of it as well, um, but just trying to do that in a clear but as compassionate way as you can. Um, secondly, do find out more information. Uh, maybe just be curious about like how they're involved, how long they've been involved, like what their involvement looks like in the cult. Um, just start asking questions, not to solve them all, but again, like just because when you do come and process with someone else, um, uh, maybe a leader, a spiritual leader that you trust, you've got some good information that, um, that would just come, um, be very helpful for next steps and things like that. Uh, and la- uh, uh, thirdly, do keep appropriate levels of connection. Uh, and so that is, again, like you don't need to shun them or ostracize them. I'd say like do have a good boundary in there, like if you're not comfortable um, like if they're trying to get you to go to a group and you're like, nah, I'm not going to go, keep that boundary. But at the same time, you can keep connection and conversation uh, with your friend or family member. Um, yeah, please don't cut them off c- completely. Uh, but just do be careful around um, some of the other things in your life, like whether those are resources or finances or um, whatever else that might be. Um, lastly, do caution them, care and pray for them intentionally. Um, but also, yeah, just have those appropriate boundaries uh, uh, in your life. Uh, and I know from, from this particular cult too, um, I'm not going to say this happens all the time, but often what they'll try and do is get you to go and live in sort of their community. So they'll get you to flat and, and, and intentionally flat just with their members for the first year or so as well. They really try to pull you away and get you really kind of engrossed into the, to this kind of co- co- uh, co- co- sorry, community. Um, and so, again, like um, if you have a friend or family member doing that, yeah, I just say, like, please try to keep connection with them. Um, um, don't just cut them off because that's what they're trying to do as well. They're trying to cut you off from them. So just be really o- aware of that. Yeah, and... Uh, <laughs> My, my Seattle contact, um, when I was talking to him, he said that one of the, like, sometimes people are too far gone. You know, they say, oh, I've been in it for 10 years and blah, blah, blah. Um, though, of course, we, we always keep praying for them. But his advice was for, if it seems like it's too far gone, like, the, the best slash only thing we can do is, is to keep praying and be, um, to, to quote him, he said, to be a pebble in their shoe. You're not going to, like, run in and grab them out of it, but you can be a pebble in their shoe um, with, odd, with the odd question, um, yeah, diagnostic question that 
or helpful thought or here and there, but yeah, it's that relationship, like keeping that relationship so that you can at least be a pebble. Yeah, and you could say, hey, when Man, man He Lee, Man Lee He, Man He Lee dies because he says he's not going to, I'm like, you know, like that's going to happen and, and, and this cult is going to be shown for what it, it really is, though be careful because they're going to twist that as well. You know, when he passes away and dies, they're going to twist that, but um, yeah, just be real careful. And I, I guess that's the thing, is we have seen um, individuals um, and some of the effects on families and, and just through counselling as well, have worked with people who have been involved in cults and the damage that it can do to relationships and families and to, to the individual life can actually be very, very significant. Uh, it can take years and years and years for people to kind of recover if, if 100% from that, you know. And so we're not just up here just sharing a bunch of information. There are a lot of families and individuals out there who have been really, really harmed by this cult and others um, um, and we're and we're actually like afraid of this cult, and so like that's why we're 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 coming here, and we know that they're active around Auckland on campuses and things like that as well, and through churches. And so we just want you guys to be really aware that this is happening. And so again, not scared, but we do want you to be informed and aware um, to protect yourself and and those that you love. Yeah. So um, thanks for bearing with us tonight. I know like you know Sundays we like we want to come and open the the Bible and and hear preaching and stuff, but um, so thank you for bearing with us like this for one evening. And what we're going to do is for follow-up, we're going to chuck some resources on our website. Um, we're going to chuck some on our Instagram uh, as well. So just so you have access to some further reading if you would like. Um, and yeah, we've done, we've done tons of it. So we've just picked some of the like simple, straightforward ones that um, can, can, can help you and maybe you can pass on to your friends as well. But um, as, as we close... Um, we're going to have the band up in a moment, um, just to close us off with a couple of songs. Uh, one of the things that I want us to, to, I guess, leave here thinking about, and one of the things that stood out to, stood out um, among many other things, is um, how good the grace of God is in salvation. Uh, this is not a rehash of last Sunday night's sermon, um, but you hear about all this stuff, and it's so, it's so damning. It's so burdensome, it's so legalistic and all that, um, and it's like, it's like, man, life would, life would just be a drag, you know, life must be a drag living like that, and yet we consider, like, the grace of God in our lives. Um, we, did we do anything amazing to make God go, sweet, I'm going to initiate salvation in, in Gordon's life? No. Like, we were sinners. We were sinners when, when God by His grace, decided to reach down and save us. And then do we have to do all these things and, and do all these recruitments and blah, 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 and stay in that church? And um, actually, they get tested on their doctrine as well, and you have to get 90%. Do, you, do we have to do all that to receive salvation? No, absolutely not. We receive it by faith, right? Just trusting, trusting in, in Jesus. So... Um, yeah, I think for us, um, I'll invite the band up, and we'll, we'll get out of here. Um, but yeah, as, as we conclude, like, yeah, I guess it's celebrating um, for those of us who are saved by grace through faith in Christ. Um, it's just a celebration of the gospel. It's wonderful news. It's good news. It's great news. And so, um, yeah, we want to praise God for that, that God, by His grace, saves us uh, simply by trusting in His Son, Jesus Christ. So uh, let me pray, and um, oh, let's stand, and, and we'll pray. Uh, Lord, uh, we, yeah, I guess we stop now to just think about uh, who you are, that you are a good God, uh, full of grace and mercy and love toward um, people like us who have done nothing but offend you. 
and you reach down and you save us and you forgive us of all our sin and you unite us to your son, Jesus Christ, and give to us his perfect righteousness. Man, we don't deserve that. So God, as we think about that, Lord, may our hearts be filled with gratitude, uh, with gratitude of of who you are and what you've done for us. And and I guess uh, thinking about this cult, um, yeah, we just pray. Yeah, for protection for us, for wisdom, for discernment, and I guess a, a real soft heart of, of hospitality and, and love and compassion uh, for those who may be affected. Lord, as we sing now, um, we want to celebrate your goodness and your grace. So uh, may the words that come out of our mouth uh, be from our hearts and be an encouragement to each other as we hear it. In Jesus' name, amen.